Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Betfair's Racing Only Better podcast. This is your Saturday preview show for the ITV Racing and we have got plenty to get through. Probably by now you will have listened to the Thursday show and the Friday show so you will know what the weather's doing and we've got racing from Newmarket, York and then we're throwing in Ascot as well on Saturday. They have a big meeting there for two days but it's Saturday's action we're focusing in on here so loads of ITV racing TC very quickly do you have anything to add weather-wise other than what you've already said at the top of the Friday show uh no it's just very much a work in progress isn't it I mean we don't know if the 10 mil new market a forecast on Friday is going to land it's still raining around on Saturday but it's very very patchy everywhere I'll come on to Ascot and York weather when we do those races. Beautiful. All right. Well, let's kick straight off then with Newmarket, still on the July course, third and final day of the July meeting. And of course, it is July Cup Day, the sprinters to the fore. We will get to that in due course, but we kick off with the 250, which is the mile handicap for the three-year-olds. And Dan, I'm going to start with you here. Havana Blue for Clive Cox is your 7-2 favourite. Ryan Moore booked for the ride, taking on Quantum Impact 5-1. to one. Royal Dubai in there at fives as well. Taff Reej in there for the Haggis Yard at sixes. And Sniper's Eye, David Simcock, is an 8-1 to one chance. Those are the prices we currently have recording on Thursday mid-afternoon. So bear that in mind. Where did you land in this competitive three-year-old handicap, Daniel? Yeah, I agree. It is competitive. Probably, um, I mean, I, I do think Havana Blue is probably the right favourite. Will be well-placed, um, arrives seeking a hat-trick, well-bred horse with a physique to suggest he'll go and improve in. But he is favourite. I'd have struggled to split him and Royal Dubai, and Royal Dubai is a slightly bigger price, so that will sway me in his direction. TC gave him a good mention ahead of that run at Chester, where I thought he ran a massive race, really. Um, after see first run on turf, bit of a break, went really close to winning. He's still unexposed. He's been a high achiever in just four starts to date. He's had only two starts for Marco Botti, and it's hard to... I mean, he, he was a massive margin maiden winner on his debut in, in Dubai, but I'd say his last two runs... A reflective of a horse who probably is a pattern class performer in the making. I thought that was a just a huge surf debut at Chester. I mean, there's a niggle with him, isn't there? He's been quite fragile. He's got one blowout on his record. He's had at least one wind up. Um, so maybe he's not the soundest, but the idea of a shortish break since Chester is a good one for me. And that was his only his second run at a mile as well. So he's basically yet to reveal his full ability, but it, it was more so more than anything, it was the way he performed at Chester. I thought it was a huge performance. Third and fourth have come out of that race and won next time out as well. Well, TC, over to you then. Are you giving Royal Dubai a positive nod again at five to one? No, I I can make I can see the case with the four at the top of the market, but mm-hmm. nothing really stood out for me from a price perspective. Um Pace angle in the race. I expect Miltai to get um, an uncontested lead if the jockey wants it. Coco Jack can go forward, as can Quantum Impact. But um, So Miltai is the, the angle there if you, if you want that. But I was waiting for the prices to come up this morning after having looked at the race at the five-day stage and um, I just got the runners through. And I was waiting for the price on Coco Jack to come through. I thought I might get 10 or 12 to 1. But the sports book have come up at 20 to 1, and that's a generally available price. I think that's I think that's massive. Now, 
Obviously, he's on a long losing run of nine, but he's been running really, really well in defeat. Um, and if he reproduces that second to line or a muscle a couple of starts ago, form that's worked out really well. You know, he, he's a big, big player here from a handicap perspective. Now, he does, he can miss the break, can be awkward, sometimes doesn't race too kindly. So I do like the first time cheap pieces angle. I'm a, I'm a sucker for a headgear angle, but. So, we know that. Come on, read out, read out George Scott's first time cheap pieces. Well, I, I will do, but it doesn't add to my case. Uh, now, George Scott <laughs> uh, is five from 51 <laughs> first time cheap pieces since um, 2016. Terrible you, record. How would you back You were just Scott checking, you were just checking that I've done my homework on first time hacking. <laughs> I, 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 I had missed it, but don't come like that with me. I always do. <laughs> How many winners would you have wanted him to have had from 50 yard for it to be a good start? Well, I work on the basis. I work on the basis that George Scott's useless. So five from 51 isn't that bad. Uh, no, I do not work on that basis. No, no, no. I'm only joking, George. When when a lot of trainers and owners claim horses off you, it's because you're you're very good. Um Actually, no, no, sorry, George, that, that's really harsh. But anyway, I think this horse, I think the headgear could be the making of this horse. I think he's well handicapped. Okay. I think he's going to sit handy off meal tie. And 20 to 1 each way is, I think, it's a very, very good bet. So come on, wow. George. And, and George actually has had 16 to 1 and 15 to 2 winners in recent days. So. Okay. Coco Jack with the first time cheap piece is, is currently 20 to 1 for George Scott, who I, FYI, am a very big fan of. Kevin Blake, over to you, please. Blue Light Boy will do for me. Um, Parsa liked a lot early in his career and thought he was going to be a proper stakes horse. Um, didn't quite happen, like around in the vintage stakes. Did, like, didn't run badly at all, but um, just didn't quite happen. Um, gelded, blobbed a couple of times. Um, went up to a mile last time and made a successful step up and seemed really suited by it. Um, has only gone up five pounds, and I think he might just start belatedly um, delivering on, on that early promise um, and hopefully get up to, you know, towards 100 or something, which it looked like he always could be capable of doing so. And um, they found his trip, it looks like. So Blue Light Boy to follow up will do for me. I better just stress, I was joking about George Scott because I've just remembered Andy Holding places his horses. And I don't want a brummy in my ear when he's PC, I'm not being funny. You have dug that grave. We, you've got the shovel. You've dug away. We're just going to let you lie in it at this point. We're going to move on to the superlative stakes, all right? And this is obviously the group two for the two-year-olds um, over the seven furlongs. Kev, we will start with you here because City of Troy has found his way to the top of the market, 11 to 8, the beautifully bred Justified Colt. From the Aidan O'Brien yard, taking on another beautifully bred Charlie Alfie runner for Team Godolphin in Great Truth. Both of them, one from one, made impressive debuts and they're meeting in the superlative. An old fashioned Bally Doyle versus Godolphin matchup here. City of Troy is 11 to 8. Great Truth is 3 to 1. Um, after that, you've got Hartem in there at 7 to 1, who's more experienced, taking on Iberian from Charlie Hills's yard, who's another just one from one horse in here. So, I don't know if you're going with experience or ability or the Irish Raider or the Godolphin horse, but make your case, please, Kev. God, I really like City of Troy. <laughs> um, I, I really like City of Troy. I, I'm, and I have to say, I'm a bit surprised we're seeing him so quickly. Um, huh? I didn't I didn't see this coming. 
Uh, I didn't think this would be the next race we'd see him in. Um, but, he's, but he's here, and I'm excited to see him. Um, he was really good on debut with the Cara. Um, like, they didn't go mad in front now, but he, like, powered through the line. And in the in the pull-up zone at the Cara, like, you just don't see... What happened? What happened in that race happening very often? Like Ryan had to get had to get like um, evasive, like in terms of his actions to not. It's a dead end. Like there's a big wall there, um, and it's, it's a couple of furlongs after the finish. Like and you could what you watch, you can see it in the replay. Like he's like, oh shit! Like it's, <laughs> it's hard to it's hard to run into the wall. Um, he was that strong for the run, and you, you just don't see that in the pull-up area at the car. Can I actually say um, I run through a wall for you, and he nearly did. Yeah, he literally <laughs> nearly did. Um, so, like, He's going to see you, Troy. Yeah, can't well. believe it. Update: yeah. Ede uh, Father Derby winner's gone at the game. Sorry, carry on. <laughs> he didn't need a Trojan horse to get through the wall. He could have, could have sent this fella in. He would have ran straight through <laughs> it. Um, yeah, and so look and look at the price. It's hard to be super enthusiastic. Like I say, a little bit surprising that he's backed up as quick as he is. But like I'm, I'm fond of the horse now, and would see him as a, as one of the more. Um, interesting, like Guinea's prospects for next year that we've seen so far. To be honest, um, wow. but I will, I will also give a mention to Iberian, um, for Charlie Hills. Um, he's a much, much bigger price. And if you, if you didn't have an appetite for taking a short, a short price in a race like this, um, I think he's very interesting. Um, he's held in really high regard. He was impressive first time. Look, I know there's a, there's probably a big jump needed from him, but I wouldn't be surprised if he made it. Um, smashing pedigree, Luke de Vega, Bally Lynch family. Um, and and yeah, he'd be the alternative, but really and truly, um, cutting through the, the price related considerations now. I just, I'm, I'm very fond of City of Troy, and he'll be he'll be my main watch, uh, during the race, uh, my first watch, if you know what I mean. Okay, big fan of City of Troy, but a token nod to Iberian at a much bigger price at 10 to 1 currently on the sports book. Um, TC, over to you. How are you playing this race? Are you as keen on City of Troy as Kevin is? Um, having spoken to Ryan uh, this morning, they obviously think they've got a really good one on their hands. I was a bit surprised they brought it to the July course because you can get some funny results here. And even if it's a small field, they might set up into three races. But they did. I think they won this with Gustav Klimt after he won um, a current maiden on his debut. So they have trodden this path before, but um, he is up in grade against much better horses. Uh, and I don't think the time figure was that great first time up, but it, that horse, that it just screamed potential, didn't it? And but if do you want to back horses at 11 to 8 on that? I thought, and the sports book are ducking him a little bit uh, at seven to one. I thought Harton, who's nine to one in the marketplace each way uh, against City of Troy and a few others, he's experienced. Um, he's got the best form. He's only beaten two and a half length in that country by River Tiber. Um, yeah, I thought Hartam each way was the angle into this. If you can uh, shop around and get the nines, because like I said, I think the sports are ducking him a bit, and rightly so. Hartam each way for me. All right, case made then. Uh, Dan, let's move on to the Bunbury Cup over the seven firms. Big competitive heritage handicap, full field of 20. 
what we love to see on the July course. And it is Monta Sib for the William Haggis Yard, who has found his way to the top of the market at 13 to 2. Ewal is next best at 7 to 1. Biggles in there at 15 to 2. Bless him, the old boy, a nine year old now is the same price, 15 to 2. Streets of Gold, such a legend last year, hasn't hit the same stride this year for Eve Johnson Horton. His nines has been backed a little bit in the antipost market, but I mean, I'll never find the winner of the Bunbury Cup. Have you ever found the winner of the Bunbury Cup, Dan? Um, no, but it led to one of my favourite ex- I can't know what I can think of. It led to one of my favourite exchanges ever when remember that Capriccio won it without the weight cloth. And there was an argument afterwards as oh, to whether yeah. it made a difference. <laughs> I, <remember it's, laughs> I, I suspect so, it did, yeah. Um Well, people were bloody making the same thing about Chaldean, weren't they? In the bloody oh, yeah. first time up. Yeah, I mean, obviously it really well, that. <laughs> he won next time, didn't he? Um, <laughs> he, won next, yeah, he won a Guinness next time. Um, I, I'm a bit, yeah, to be honest, we're, we're late-ish seeing prices for this, and I was hopeful we might get a big bit bigger on Montesib. If he went out to nines, I'd probably be interested. Ten to one, maybe. At the prices you've just listed, I thought Popmaster right at the bottom might be the most interesting Rainer he's Walt. in the Ascot on Friday. Oh, is he? I didn't even notice that. I apologise. No, like, like, he might come. Um, because there's so much rain around, I imagine they're kind of like picking and choosing Fridays. Well, so he might. Well, I, I guess they might have had an expectation that he wouldn't get in. Now he was down to 90 and it might have been a backup plan. You'd be surprised if you get in a Bunbury Cup if you don't target that as the main one, don't you? But he's just very well handicapped. And after a dire start to the season, he went very close at Newbury last time. So he's got something to build on now. And he's running the Wokingham last season when he was just touched off um was of a by Ro, by Rohan as well, uh, who goes later, as we'll discuss at your uh, um Ascot. That was him running off 98. So he's eight lower, much needed return to farm last time. And uh, unexposed as a seven furlong cast. Love it. Okay, case made then. TC, over to you for the Bunbury Cup. This is right up your street. I'm expecting at least two darts. I'm expecting at least one headgear angle, a form figure readout, and a horse at 25 to 1 or bigger. Well, you've just busted out on all five there. Nought from five. I couldn't I couldn't find a bet in this. TC, you're so mean to me. Come on. I'm sorry, I'll just do a few quid so you can feel happy, shall I? <laughs> if Big O's got any headgear on, Tony. I'll, oh, talk, you, I'll talk you through this. I'll talk you through. <laughs> oh, the pace angle. The pace, pace angle, right. Uh, pace, the, all the pace here. If you're drawn low, I think you've got no chance. But then again, I got the uh, the Thursday handicap completely wrong. Um, it's just a kick. Trying to, trying, to get, trying, to, trying to find out where the pace is going to be. But there is pace in 12... 16, 19, and 20. I'd be pretty certain that's going to hold out because I can't see, like I said, I can't see speed anywhere else. So I think you want to be drawn middle, midfield and upwards. Um, Sportsbook are playing five places and the prices have just come up. And but so I might have a little bit on Streets of Gold. Um, mm. Bit, Why did you read out his form figures from last year? They were impressive. Uh, one, 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 one. Uh, <laughs> and then he blew out, didn't he? Um, he won everything last year, didn't he? Yeah. One, yeah. One, one, but one. Uh, yeah, he was uh, back to form last time, third in the uh, jersey, four pound well in. Um, he's got course form. And more importantly, the sports book are playing five places and they have just gone up top price nine to one. So I thought 
with a horse that had, it's a bit like me in life, actually, with a horse with everything going for it, I thought nine to one was a very fair price for the extra place. So streets of gold, each way at nines. And as I've just put it up, I'm just going to go and have a bet on it. Only three-year-old in the field as well, isn't he? Beautiful. Lovely. Okay, Kevin, final say to you in the Bunbury Cup before we move on to the big race of the day. Um, take it away. Give us your selection for the Bunbury Cup. Yeah, I'm, I'm nothing too exciting. Star of Orion. Um, I think he likes Newmarket full stop, but his record of the July course is quite good. Um, he won once. He was second another time, and um, he completely blobbed in um in, in this race last year, but he was one of two on the wrong side. So form, fi- form figures of one two zero. Mm. One two zero. Mm. Solid. Uh, Love it. And, and his two runs, his look, his two runs this season have been good in the rolling mile. Um he's off a mark that he, you know, he will win off when things go well. Um one of those that does need it to go well. Um you'd like him drawn a little bit higher, but he tends to miss the kick, stall eight, he'll switch in behind where the pace is, as as Tony mentions, middle high. And yeah, he'll hopefully be rattling home and, and, and get stuck in the finish. All right, let's move on to the July Cup, guys. The big one on the day. And we've got the nine runners, but it is plenty competitive over the six furlongs on the July course. And Shaquille is your nine to four favourite with Ross Orion booked for the ride, taking on again Little Big Bear, the horse he conquered in the Commonwealth Cup at Royal Ascot, who's 11 to four. Um, he was 50-50 to run earlier this week, but they've decided to let him take his chance here at Newmarket. So the rematch is on. They take on the older filly in Azure Blue, who's on the improve, has been for a good while now, for the Michael Dodds Yard at 7-2. Kin Ross in there at 11-2, the multiple Group 1 winner from last year. Finished behind Cardem at Royal Ascot in the Diamond Jubilee Stakes, who's next best in the market at 9-1, to one, coming here off the back of that 80-1 to one winner. Art Power in there, also finished behind the winner in that last, in that Ascot race, 16s. Emma Artiana, 25s, and Run to Freedom, 25s. And The Dream is in there at 40-1. to one. That is your full field of nine for the July Cup. And I am going to start with TC. Three-year-olds, older horses, Cardem, mm. what wins what, it? What price Little Big Bear doesn't run and Ryan jocks off Rossa? No. Ooh. I don't know. Because, 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 because obviously Little Big Bear has, has had a well-publicised setback before this 50-50 at the start of the week. I think they're monitoring his progress today and tomorrow and Saturday, obviously. So... Um, if he runs, fine. Uh, I'll be. I hope he does run because I. I wouldn't want to rule four because I don't particularly fancy him. But for all, he's the best horse on his two-year-old form. Um, pace in the race, Shaquille could go forward if he starts properly. Uh, but I think Art Power is probably the, um, the 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 main pace angle, along with maybe a little Big Bear if he runs. Um, now, I looked at this race and I just thought Kinross was was overpriced at eleven to two. I. I'd have him, I know Little Big Bear's the two-year-old form, but on a body of work, I think Kim Ross is the best horse in the race coming into it. Um, look at his form last year. He's won a couple of group ones, won the foray, won the won the race at Ascot on Champions Day in October, beating Run to Freedom, beating Silly, um, and ran a brilliant race from a wide draw in the Breeders' Cup mile on firm ground. And I just thought it's a simple case of him needing his comeback. Um, if you're going back and have a look at the race, he probably wasn't drawn ideally. But I just thought, I think it was it was on the Saturday, wasn't it? That that Cardin race. I just thought the Tory that day was just absolutely spent. 
And he just looked like a kitten on this horse in the final furlong. So I think the horse will come on for that. I think it's got the best form. Um, I think the pace in the race will hopefully go into it. And I hopefully that that all the rain lands on Friday and Saturday for him. Because even though he goes well on fast ground, he beat Pogo in the city of York. And like I said, he, he, he was firm ground in the Breeders' Cup mile. Uh, a bit of ease in the ground would like him over this six furlongs. But I think if you back him, I think he's not going to be in front until about half a furlong out. But 11 to 2 just looks the wrong price to me. Um, I would personally have him as favourite. I would. Wow. I would. Wow. Okay. Very strong case made for Ken Russell, like TC said, 11 to 2 in the July Cup. Um, Daniel, where did you land here? Yeah, one for the pencil money because you can you could feasibly back Shaquille, Little Big Bear, and Emiratiana and just write Ryan on your bet slip and you might get one of them to cut because Kevin Ryan's Emiratiana, Ryan Moore's on Little Big Bear, and Ross Ryan's on Shaquille. Up to now, unless, as TC says, there's some late. <laughs> Movements on that that's score. A, that's a shocker. <laughs> I love it. Talk it might about, work. Talk about shoehorning a shit story into a podcast. It's, it's that is, that is, is kind of like unbeatable. It's the opposite of a shocker. It was a thing of beauty. That yeah, yeah. Big day, big day for Ryan's potentially. But I thought TC was going to down this, go down the same route as I am about to when he mentioned that mm. power being the only pace. On the face of it, he's exposed as not being quite a group one sprinter. He's tended to dip over to the less rarefied air of the sprints at the Curra in recent years. What's his form figures in Ireland, Dan? Probably 1-1-1. One, 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 I, I, I might go 1-1-1-1-1. One, 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 one. I think, was it five unbeaten? Well, that's... That's that, as well, isn't he? I think that tells the know. title, doesn't it? But I've just noticed, so you just get some race at this track when there isn't a strong pace where you can just keep on rolling and that's my thought process with that power that at 16 to 1, particularly as a back to lay, there's some mileage in him. And it is a race that could be blown open. If Shaquille does what he did at Ascot, which was a freakish display, you, you're not guaranteed that the same development mm. of race will occur, are you, on this course compared to stiff the stiff finish at Ascot? Little Big Bear, maybe participation doubts, but has he peaked as well? I'm I'm most scared of Azure Blue because I think she's one of those Dodds horses that's just absolutely rolling now. You've got the Kinross angle as well, but I'm I'm having a flyer at Art Power to hopefully make all. Just just for the sake of openness, the sportsbook are completely ducking Art Power at 16. So there is 33s in the wider marketplace. Because okay. on this podcast, we are an honest bunch. All right. And Kev, final say to you then in the July Cup. We've had uh, a vote for Kinross, a vote for the bigger priced art power. What is what sort of form is Shaquille going to show up in? Do we get to see that devastating performance again, or was it just a one-off? I'm a man <laughs> full of I'm a man full of forgiveness, Vanessa, full of forgiveness. Uh, and um, I think you're getting a nice bit of compensation with Little Big Bear and his price between the fact he was beaten last time and this this training hold up. Um, if he lines up, like I think you're getting compensation there. Um, I know I think the view immediately after the Commonwealth Cup, I don't know if this has held up the kind of subsequent debriefs. You know, I think Ryan probably felt that he could have been more forward uh, and made even made even more use of him. And just faster six, Shaquille looked brilliant, seemed magnificent. Want to see him do it again. 
Um, Azor Blue, I'd be afraid of as well. But Little Big Bear, look, I just can't get away from how good he's looked, you know, at his best. I know there was a question mark next to Haydock, but um, I think the price is is, is reasonable, to be honest, to, to give him to give him another go. And if it doesn't happen, you, you can you can walk away from him as a as you know a potential tip top group one sprinter this year. But um, yeah, I'll, I'll go with Little Big Bear. All right, Little Big Bear currently 11-4 if you're in that forgiving mood, which has served Kevin Blake so well with Perotto already in the last week or so. Uh, it's, so. A great, it's a great policy, Vanessa. It's a great policy. All that, all that whole bitterness and, and holding grudges and all that. You know, it seems great and it can be great for a while, but the forgiveness. For, forgive, Vanessa. Never forget, but forgive. Yeah, Kevin Blake wasn't a naughty boy. Would you believe I would you believe I was Tony? Oh yeah. When I when I went to a golden national school, we had small little classes, maybe six or seven people in each class, and being an altar boy was mandatory. They didn't allow girls to be altar girls at the time. And you did not have a choice. You had to go down to your mass or whatever it was, <laughs> half eight in the morning and, and do your duty uh for the for the duration. <laughs> oh golden wow. balls over there. What a sweet thing. Yeah. Jesus, that, that is yeah. interesting. And I'd be as I'd be as atheist as it gets now and have been since I was a teenager. But still if you whenever I'm at a funeral or a wedding or what have you, I promise you like it's so ingrained in your brain the responses to the to the bits oh. of mass because you'd be so doing the job, you'd be so terrified that you'd miss a cue that I promise you you could drop me into a mass now and I could tell you when the bell is supposed to ring. You know, when you're supposed to get up, sit down, like it's it's welded into my brain. It's quite, quite disturbing, to be honest. You want to upset I'm, a priest. I'm just, I'm, I'm just being honest. Ah, no, Father, Father Johnny was a good man. There was no, there was no question marks over Father Johnny. <laughs> okay. On we roll, guys. You still, Jesus Christ. We've still got a load of No blaspheme on this podcast. Sorry, sorry. From York and Ascot. So let's kick off with York, which is the mile handicap. And the top two, well, currently Wild Lion is at the top of the market at the moment, taking on blue for you. Uh, Dan, we will start with you here. Um, if you could put your phone down in class, that would be great. Please, Dan. Right. Um, <laughs> what in mass. This racing handicap, class two, naught to 105 over the mile at York. Yeah, form figures, 2 two, one, five, And it's blue for you. Yeah, this course and distance. <laughs> Are they more acceptable? Anybody listen to podcast one? I, I, I was going to quote them, Dan, so I'd say they're fine. Good yeah. stuff. Yeah, it, it, obviously Ascot didn't quite work out, but whether he wanted a stiff test at that course, another matter. Think back to how he was powering through those races last season, last summer. He really took off, didn't he? Big runs at Goodwood here. Um, I just think he'll have far fewer excuses. Downing grade as well. Downing to a mark below 100 for the first time in a while is another potential angle as well. It's got him into a lesser race and it's just that York record, 2215. Don't forget it. Beautiful. I'm getting told by the boss lady to that we're we're getting distracted and being slow. Um <laughs> <laughs> basically, I know TC, I can't believe it. It's ingrained into us. This is about fun. <laughs> you have to make it fun for our listeners. <laughs> Go on then, Mr. Fun himself, TC. <laughs> Uh, Mr. Horrible race. Don't have a uh, don't have a bet in it. Um, right. um, yeah, blue, blue uh, for, angles, blue for you for me. Two, four, nine, twelve. Eileen, do I'm surprised you're deserting her, Dan. But then again, sportsbook again ducking that one. Nine to two, the market leader. Um, I liked Aramaic, but I don't think uh, I don't think you want soft ground. So if the rain does come and it's good currently at York and. They do nine mil on Friday alone. So it could go good to soft, maybe soft at York. 
Aramaic if it probably doesn't go, if the rain doesn't go in any volume. Um, Ross Golding's down to a dangerous mark, but he's just been absolutely running appallingly, isn't he? Maybe Mark, a, a falling handicap mark, a bit more giving the ground might, might suit him, but no, I, I couldn't see any betting angle into the race. All right, and blue for you, for you, Kev. So we'll yep. move on to the 235 at York, which is the City Wall Stakes. It's the listed race. It's over the five furlongs for the sprinters. Um, and TC, I better start with you here because your pal regional is at the top of the market currently as things stand at the moment. And you've been such a fan of this horse for the Ed Bethel Yard. He's currently 130 with Bethel on the Sportsbook. Are you abandoning him now? Are you taking him on? Even though it was a free runner race, I was betting tens on you'd come to me here um, first because, uh, yeah, regional, I, I was blown away by him at Haydock last time, uh, winning a really fast time. I thought they might go to, I thought they might even go to kind of like Royal Ascot with me. Like, like it was a, I thought it was a stunning win. The issue is, I'm not worried about the £3 penalty he picked up for the Haydock win. I'm worried about, there's a lot of pace in here. Uh, and he likes to go up in the front. I'll just read out. I've got, he's in 10. I've got pace in 8, 9, and 11. So there's pace all around him, which is not ideal. And also, uh, Ed Bethel, after the race, actually name-checked this race. Really massively impressive. In the interview afterwards, he not only name-checked this race as a possibility, he actually acknowledged the fact that the horse had just picked up a penalty for it. So Ed Bethel went in very, very good, very good knowledge and prep there. Um, but the, the, the main thing that really withdraws me from betting him at this stage is the weather forecast. But he makes a point about this horse. He's best on fast ground. It's Like I said, it's currently good with rain forecast. If I'm going to back regional, which I might, if, the, if it remains good or better, uh, I'll, I'll, be, I'll be doing it so late after I know what the weather's doing. But yeah, on, on decent ground, regional, even with a £3 penalty, I reckon he'll put these to bed. I love that. You've been a fan. You're committing to your fanboyship. I like uh, only once I see the ground. Yeah, but uh, what about you, Dan? In here, I'm having a go at Mondebedge each way. Win and play fourteens. I mean, he he doesn't win very often, does he? But he's a perfect type for these briskly run races. I think he probably keeps a bit back for himself. That might explain why his his strike rate has fallen off a cliff, but. Him and Chipstead are fairly closely matched on a piece of form earlier in the season. Two or three times lately, Mondemage to me is shaped like he's ready to finally win again. Just got chinned. It was pretty agonising by Bond Chairman at Doncaster most recently. And I think 14 is too big for a horse where the class of race doesn't really seem to matter to him. He'll just travel well regardless. I think you like the place part of that. Hmm. I genuinely think I was stood at Lingfield about two years ago saying that Mondemez was ready to win a race, like it was looking like he wanted to win a race. And I feel like he's been on Struggle Street ever since. But Dan, just committing to the cause of Mondemez. I like uh, that phrase, Struggle Street. I like that. I might hear it. Have you never heard that before? I'm consistently stuck on Struggle Street. Can't get on. Well, those not the 60s and Bath. Put it this way, I'm surprised you've heard about it. In your circles. Struggle <laughs> uh, Street is when the. Uh, well, I won't say it. But. Don't say it. Kevin Blake, please. Yeah, sil- silky, silky Wilkie for me. Should have won the dash last time. Um, no rain. Uh, sorry, uh, rain won't hold any fears for him if it happens. Um, he's been super busy, but in fairness, he was better than ever last time. He's thriving. 
Um, silky Wilky for me as my battery starts to flash red. All right, here we go, here we go. Silky Wilky is four to one, what it's worth with the sports book currently. Um, let's move on to the 310 at York, which is another, I mean, big field handicap. Sonny Liston in here off the back of finishing second on, well, winning his side of the track in the Royal Hunt Cup, but finishing second to the horse in the same colours in Jimi Hendrix. He is at the top of the market. Nobel is in there. See the Casper there for Simon there. Crisford under the penalty after the back of the Lingfield win. Dan Barber, over to you. Yeah, I liked what See the Casper did last year, really. He, was, he ran a handful of times, half a dozen times, was a high achiever, progressed throughout, and so it probably wasn't a big surprise, and the market didn't think it was a surprise. They could not get enough on him on that reappearance at Lingfield. Picks up a mere penalty. Strong traveller who will be able to hold his place. I've got no doubt from that stalling four. He, for me, is also, I don't want to lose on the race if he wins because I think he could be heading again to pattern class. But I just think as a an each-way option with five places that may extend as well as we get close to race time, that Majestic is really hard to knock out of the frame. Cambridgeshire winner, he's got... He's not had a great deal of racing around a mile and a quarter, but it definitely suits him, as we know. He was just touched off the other day running over the trip. He's got very few blemishes on his record, very consistent horse, and he's 14 to 1. So at twice the price, that's the way I'll go mainly, but I don't want to lose on this race if see if Casper wins. See All right. Casper. Uh, Majestic, as, as Dan said, 14 is currently with the sports book. TC, do you have another big price horse to throw into the mix here? Yeah, I'm back two in the race. Um, Mill Bosk is 14s with the sports book, around about that on the exchange at the moment. Um, uh, the angle here is William Haggis. Um, the horse finished third in the French Derby uh, in 2021, down to a mark of 97. We had a promising race for Haggis in November. The problem is he's been off since. I think it it wouldn't be by design and be an accident, but um, it's been gelded since Haggis won this run this race with Sinjari off a big break in 2020. And crucially, or interestingly, uh, Sinjari had been gelded on his uh, before just before that run as well. So it's all about Haggis, really. And who always says he, he likes winners? I love saying winners. I thought I said crucially, I thought I was going to follow. Anyway, um, White Wolf, I back White Wolf as well. Um, I'm a sucker for a side being to Royal Horse. He's actually got a horse in here, long tradition, who's nine pound well in. But I like this one better. The angle with this one is dropping down to a mile two. Three attempts at a mile four, clearly doesn't stay. But go and have a look at his running the Duke of Edinburgh last time. Made a really good, travelled beautifully throughout the race. Made a really good move from the turn to one furlong out. Thought he was going to win at one point. Just flattened out. Was only beaten three and a half lengths in the end. I thought it was a really big run in a very, very strong handicap. Um, and, yeah, the drop down to a mile two uh, is good enough for me. So, Milbosk and White Wolf. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. Uh, Kevin, you put yourself on mute. So, does that mean you don't have a view in this race? I have no fancy here. I have no fancy in the next. I like Arecibo in the first at Ascot. And my nap is blue light boy. My battery is going to go, like, literally any second. All right. You're done. <laughs> Goodbye. Red light boy. He's done. He's done. Right. We can move on without him. We've got rid of the shit one. Uh, let's <laughs> move on to the 345 at York Boys. And this is the Silver Cup. It's the group three. It's over one mile, six furlongs. And Hamish for that man, William Haggis, TC, as your current market leader. Um, 
Dan, I'm going to come to you first here just so it doesn't look like I don't like you because that's what everyone says. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so go on. You're not on, meant to say it. everyone says. You're not meant, you're meant to say it's not I true. don't, yeah. Everyone Wait. knows. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't, I don't think Hamish will get beat, to be honest, but he's four to six. That's not telling you anything that you can't see yourself. I thought <laughs> Messi's box was really disappointing at Ascot. He stopped to nothing. Tash Canny's a bit short of the level required. Hamish did really well to win it. Just the first time out. He's very effective, fresh. Yeah, it should be a game set and match. Game set and match, Hamish. Job done. Lovely little Wimbledon theme in there. I like that. What about UTC? Is it as simple as that? That it's just Hamish's um, Probably. Like I said, any rain that falls will be in Hamish's favour, clearly. But it will also be in Tash Khan's favour. And... And that it's I actually will end up back in this horse. You can get five to one if you shop around. I actually probably will back Tashgun at fives each way, even though there's six runners and there's only two places. Um he ran okay last time. The key to this horse is, is giving the ground. I mean, I, I think you can only really make a place claim for him on his recent form, but you can make a winning uh, argument for him if he comes back to that form of that Ascot one in 2021. He was second to True Shan in the uh, in the group two stairs on the uh, in back in October on that champions day. Um, yeah, I, I couldn't see, I'd be very disappointed if he's out the first two. Well, I would say that because I'm going to back him each way, but yeah, Tashkan each way for me. And it's not for even each way race because he's only six runners before anybody kicks off at me. All right. Lovely. Not you, but people listening to the podcast saying, well, oh, you're picking up five to one each way when there's a four to six favorite. <laughs> They're yeah. always picking up, aren't they? Our loyal listeners and viewers out there. Um, <laughs> on to Ascot we go. We've got just two races to look at at Ascot on Saturday. Uh, they're the first two races that are on ITV on Saturday. So we kick off with 145 down there. And this is your, it's over the five furlongs. It's your learning to work Bake Off competition heritage handicap. Interesting. Uh, Kings Lynn is co-favourites with Rohan whose recent form has fallen off quite the cliff edge but obviously has been massively upped in grade back into a handicap now for Rohan they're both seven to one equilateral in here at nines vintage claret at nines as well Arecibo in there at 12 some old favourites in here Dan in the sprinting division but it makes it incredibly tricky because they bring in I think it's fair to say not that consistent form lines at this stage stage in their career yeah, and I just wish people didn't know about Rohan's record here because, oh, he's really, you know, that's the first time I'd seen the prices for that race because we were late. It was late coming yeah. through. And I see sevens and my heart sinks. Quick glance down. The one at Mountain Peak, who has beaten only one horse home in three big field races this season. He did win this last year by a narrow margin, admittedly, seen off a three-year-old Bond chairman. He's one potential angle, but he could have gone. There's the angle that they go so quick that Rohan is really well suited by a stiff fire. But I think at the current prices, a horse who broke my heart last week, chinning Corker late on. Uh, dream composers are just thinking too good a form to be as big as 14 to 1. I know the race went his way. Two of them got racing a fair way out. They were obviously Arachibo and Corker, the runner-up. Thought Corker committed a bit too soon. He could have held on to him. In the circumstances, dream composer was ideally suited by it. but. I see no reason why this won't be a similar setup of race. One's the niggle. So I'm half thinking on my feet with this race. But that was quick glance at the price. The first one that struck me is due to current form being too big. It was him. Okay. Dream composer then at 14 to 1 for the James Evans yards. 
off the back of the Sandown victory. Um, TC, how do you see this race panning out? Yeah, just very quickly, Rohan is currently 10s on the exchange, if that interests you, win only. Um, the pace in here, I've got 4, 11, 12, 15. So maybe middle to high you want to be. Um, I wasn't going to have a bet in the race, but then Sportsbook came out five places. When the deal is done, it's 14s, um, which I thought was on the big side. Now, this horse is a bit of a gossip horse. Everyone thought he was going to kick off into group company at the start of the season from a marker 99, but it hasn't really worked out. But he had dropped to a marker of, let me have a look, sorry, he dropped to a marker of 92, and that is very exploitable. Um, that's £8 lower than a good fourth uh, here last October. I think he, I think the winner was Dream Composer. But he's obviously very well handicapped now. He's run well on all three starts at Ascot. And the blinkers replaced the visor. Uh, that might be a plus. I mean, Teal's only three from 32 in recent years with that with that angle. So that's not a betting really proposition. But then again, 10% is probably Teal's normal strike rate. So he's probably not that bad. Um, yeah, I thought when the deal is done with the extra place at four teams to finally come good on the track that he's got some very, good, very good form off of much higher marks. Yeah, when the deal is done. Beautiful. Some bigger price horses there for everyone to go at. Um, let's move on to last race then. That is the Summer Mile at Ascot. Um, this is 2.20 and Master of the Seas. is 11 to 4 at the top of the market, back from Maidan, back from a break for the Charlie Appleby team, back on the UK soil. And when he was last here, he was winning at Newmarket at the back end of last year. He's taking on Aldari for the William Haggis Yards, who we saw make his reappearance not that long ago at the start of this month, off the back of a very long break. He'd had a few setbacks. I don't think talking to Maureen Haggis a couple of days before, I think this is very that was very much a comeback run for Aldari, and he must have come out of it well to be turned around again so quickly off the back of that big break. He's four to one. Angel Blur is in there for the Beckett team at nine to two, and Jimi Hendrix back to the track, which obviously we saw him winning off in the Royal Hunt Cup when we last saw him. He is eleven to two. Those are your top few in the market. Um, Dan, I will come to you first here. I find this very interesting given the profile of the two horses from the big yards at the top of the market in Aldari and Master of the Seas. Uh, yeah, no, I haven't got a view on this race, to be honest. I think it's very Sorry. hard. Sorry. Um, but I was impressed with Regal Reality at um, Epsom. Um, he's, he's a bit of a nearly horse, but he, he looked as good as ever there, age day. He's twice the age of most of these, but he might give you a run for your money each rare. But no, I'm, I didn't have much of an interest in this. Sorry, Dan, you did tell me that. That, okay. was, a, that was a cock-up from me, and I'd done so well so far this afternoon, hadn't I, TC? Yep, yeah, um, very, very good today. Much better than usual. Um, <laughs> uh, I think there could be a sneaky angle into this race. Here we go. Here we they're go. Going at, they're going at Ascot on Thursday afternoon. Is currently good to firm. Now, this horse won't run if it's good to firm. And this is Aldari, obviously. But there's rain forecast. Like I said, there's 11 mil on Friday and there's a rain around on Saturday. So, and it doesn't take much to, you know, when, they, when they've been kind of like sneakily watering. These tracks, the ground can change very, very quickly for very, very little. So I just think if, if it goes good to soft at uh, Ascot on Saturday, I think Aldari is probably nearer a five to two shot than a four to one poke. Now, it's currently I... nine to two on the exchange as well. As you said, I think 
the run last time was a definite stepping stone to this. I mean, this, yeah. this is a 140 grand race. I, some of the prize money's knocking around for races on Saturday. It's uh, phenomenal. But yeah, I mean, I think he's probably the best horse in this race when he gets his conditions. I think there could be more to come from him. And well, like I said, I think the angle into it, I mean, if it remains on the far side, I don't think they'll run him. Uh, mm-hmm. and, if it, and if the rain does come and they run him, I think he will be a point, point and a half shorter than he is. I think I'm duty bound to back him as well, because I? I thought that seven to four wasn't a disgraceful price in his return. Yeah, I mean, like, like, I, just, I, I, I just like stuff like this because you know they protect that horse and they know they're only going to run it if they think he's good, he's primed to run a big race yeah. with underfoot conditions. So that's uh, that's my angle into this race and I'm just going to go and back him. Okay, like it. Thank you. Aldari, weather watch though, currently four to one, should be a half the price essentially. So what we need now is we've all forgotten what Kevin Blake's now Arachibo. Is. That was his selection. Yeah, one forty-five. Yeah. that was his nap. That was his nap. Okay, yeah. well done, Dan. God, good. His, his nap was at AR on Thursday. How <laughs> did that run? Did he get chinned up? Yeah, he just stopped quickly, and his rap powered away from it. Um, nice. Yeah, Arecibo. Was it Arecibo? Yeah, yeah, pretty sure. Uh, I'm going with, as I said, he should be favourite, and he's currently eleven to two. Although I like White Wolf, I'm duty bound to nap Kinross. Kinross. And hopefully the rain will come at Newmarket or Prosser puts more water on. Okay, looking out the window now, no rain. But we've got time, TC. We are. I've got Prosser running for me as well, though. <laughs> you do, you do. Good man with the watering can. Uh, Daniel Barber, your nap, please. The yeah, two, 235 York, Mondamedge win in place. Brilliant. All right. Look, guys, don't forget Bet 5, Get 5 on horse racing multiples on Saturday on the Sportsbook. Have a £5 bet on horse racing multiples. Get a free £5 bet on horse racing multiples. Gamble responsibly. Have a good one. Big week of racing, but we will be back on Monday with Wade In. But for now, that was your third and final episode this week of Racing Only Better. <laughs>